Welcome back once again, everyone, to the podcast for cultural reformation brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. This is season two, episode 26, and today it's my pleasure to welcome Dr. Ted Fenske to the show. Ted is Fellow for Medicine and Public Christianity at the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity, and today we're talking about the legalization of pot. And in this, uh, in this question, there's, there's a whole stew of issues at play uh, relating to sobriety, individual liberty, health, public safety, crime, not to mention uh, the goodness of creation. And Ted and I are going to uh, get into all of that today. I hope you enjoy. So uh, I'm I'm really delighted that you had asked to, for me to speak to this topic because it's it's one that I've I've spoken to on a number of different occasions in different groups, um, medical groups, you know, and uh, I think it's 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 a it's a really important topic. And in fact, I uh, last summer when I was um, on vacation, I, uh, I I got the Time magazine. I just saw it, you know, advertised in the uh, the store there, and, I, and it was uh, the uh, advertising the marijuana and uh and the the whole change now in in, in our culture uh as a result of that so mm-hmm. i i picked mm-hmm. it up just to see what was kind of being talked about you know in the uh in the in the public uh press and everything and uh it, it really kind of spurred me to want to make this as a certain topic for discussion for my cardiology group so when i presented our uh formal rounds presentations we all take turns doing that at our in our in our hospital i chose uh that the marijuana and the, in particular the cardiovascular uh, concerns sure. uh, as my as my topic, and so it's kind of an, an area of interest. But I also um, I run the uh, smoking cessation clinic at, at our clinic at our at our uh, hospital, and so uh, this has been directly linked to that as well. Is that right? Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and I, I don't know if you want me to start in one of the, you know, one of the questions that you're asking about, you know, should it be legal or not? Is that, is that can I just dive in there? Yeah, Ted, I'm just, uh, yeah, like, like you said, I'm, I'm really grateful to, uh, to have you here. We've been, we've been living in Canada with, uh, with this reality of legal pot for maybe six months now. And it just, uh, it seems like this, uh, this could be a good time to maybe stop and, recalibrate evaluate what's uh what what's it been like so far um from a health perspective from a uh a social perspective and uh hopefully from a uh, from a scriptural perspective yes yeah well i'm delighted brian thank you very much for for inviting me to speak to that yeah i just uh, yeah i would uh, i would love to hear um sort of how you how you begin to approach this top this topic so your first question to me uh, that I saw, I saw was, you know, should should pot be legal or not? And uh, I uh, I must say I was quite disappointed, uh, you know, with, with our government and their and their uh, platform to to make uh, marijuana legalized. Um, and what's happened for me as I as running the smoke cessation clinic uh, at the uh, Roslinder Hospital uh, in Edmonton, uh, as I've seen. Uh, smoking now taking a, a significant upswing, and so I really felt that over the over the last uh, decade in particular, we've had uh, significant inroads in terms of reducing uh, smoking behavior, tobacco smoking behavior, and uh, in fact, I was even beginning to feel sorry for the smoker who is like our our modern day leper 
and uh, and really um, struggling to find any place to, to smoke because of the, the policies, the public policies in, in place, uh, which I agreed with, uh, you know, to limit uh, tobacco smoking, not in the in the uh, work environment, for example, not in restaurants, not, not in airplanes like we used to have mm-hmm. back in the 70s, but uh, and to, to really curtail uh, the opportunities for smoking. And as a result, there was, you know, really a reduction in, yeah. in, in smoking behavior. And we were really making some headway in our social station clinic, and it was becoming even less and less of an issue for us uh, altogether. It's been an, uh, a key um, interest area of mine over the years, which I, I do cardiac rehabilitation, and smoking is, is probably the number one risk factor for cardiovascular disease. And so that's been one that I've really been focusing attention on over the years, and I, I was delighted just to see our numbers, you know, diminishing in terms of our number of smokers and our success rates in terms of numbers, numbers of people who are, are successfully quit. And uh, but this all changed uh, for me uh, in, in my in my clinic uh, uh, last fall, October, when uh, with the legalization of marijuana. Because now uh, what's happened is that uh, it's become cool again. And so we're seeing a major upsurge in terms of uh, smoking of, of all sorts of things. Uh, tobacco included and vaping and, and the marijuana. And so it's become, uh, with, with all of the uh, paraphernalia and the stores that are there uh, spring up uh, all across Edmonton, I'm sure you've got it likewise in, in the Toronto area, mm-hmm. um, there's big business here. And, uh, and so uh, we're seeing much more smokers just in general uh, because people just don't, don't just usually smoke marijuana by itself, but rather have other other smoking uh, tobacco and, and vaping and the like too, uh, oftentimes, and so they, they often will go together, and um, so this has been a real concern for me. So I, I was disappointed when this happened, and uh, I got my work cut out for me now uh, as a result. But uh, the other point was that it's the wrong messaging uh, that, it, that it gives, particularly to children, teenagers. Uh, you know, if something's legal, this idea that it must be okay or good, right. and of course then you've got people even. Uh, pushing health benefits of, of smoking marijuana and or, or, or the products of which one can have, uh, you know, uh, edible products or, or, or topical products or what have you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, and these these health benefits are, are surely uh, uh, exaggerated and, and uh, the, the benefits, the health claims are really uh, not, not proven. And this is a real concern I have because it's the idea that this is fine now, it's good, and, and, and we should we should be doing it, you know, and actually encouraging people to uh, take on these uh, these habits, which actually can lead to addiction. So uh, I was disappointed, uh, but that being said, uh, there may be some benefits to the legalization of marijuana. You know, there is a certain quality control that's brought into the industry then, and, and standardization, which may have some some benefits, uh, you know, for for users. Um, from a medical standpoint. The, the main benefit uh, that I see is uh, it's now easier to study the substances uh, from which we derive uh, for, from the uh, cannabis uh, plant. So the cannabis uh, sativa plant uh, where marijuana comes from is uh, you know, the hemp, is the structural agricultural product uh, used for rope and, and uh, uh, the like, but also the, uh, the polypharmaceutical uh, substance as well. So it's not just the tetrahydrocarbonol, right, uh, yeah. which is the active ingredient of marijuana that gives you the one, gives one the high, but rather there's a, 
there's over a hundred uh, hundreds of different uh, constituents in, in, in the uh, in the plant uh, of which we we are just beginning to learn about really and and we call this the the cannabino cannabinoids or the cannabidiols and uh, these uh, substances uh, can potentially have real real health benefits and so now with the legalization of the uh, the uh, of marijuana it's it's easier than to study it in the medical scenario and research scenarios because it's quite challenging to study uh, an illegal substance uh, in a research setting. Uh, one can do it, but but it, it, it's much more difficult and much more precautions are, are there's more barriers to that, and so now it's an easier thing to to look at. And certainly the the prohibition you know over the decades uh, that we've had in North America has uh, diminished any kind of scientific interest in studying the topic. So I think this is. My, my view of the, of the potential benefits of, uh, of legalization that we can now study it better. That's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't really thought about that. You hear about you know studies being done on on marijuana or on other other drugs, but uh, you don't you don't think about it unless you're unless you're in that world about what uh, what did you have to do? What kind of clearance did you have to get in order to to get in the same room with that substance? Yeah, that's right. I mean, currently the the indications for medicinal marijuana are quite limited, and we you know there's the we use it for um, or can be used for chemotherapy induced nausea mm -hmm. uh, and uh, to promote appetite and some wasting disorders. People with uh, certain cancer, you know, uh, losing weight or or AIDS, full blown AIDS uh, can be of some benefit there. And uh, it's also listed for chronic pain, although um, in terms of an analgesic, uh, we have much better analgesics available. In fact, um, uh, marijuana, marijuana was actually on the uh, pharmacopoeia uh, listed uh, up until the 1940s uh, when it was replaced by more effective analgesics, which we have many now. Hmm. So uh, I think those, uh, the pain, pain relieving properties of marijuana are exaggerated as well. I think it's the, it's the high more than the pain control that, that people are going for there. But um, uh, that's part of the one of the disappointments with uh, medicinal marijuana is that people don't quite get the high that they wanted to. And so there is a delight then that there's access to both recreational and medicinal today. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've, I've heard this before. What, uh, what you, what you mentioned just about, uh, about, cannabis being chemically speaking a complex plant uh a, a complex substance um and i was and i, I just wanted to uh, to ask about that in relation to what you uh, what you said about before about uh like smoking tobacco and this kind of thing um <clears throat> excuse me i had a cold like four weeks ago and my voice is still scratchy uh <clears throat> but uh you're you're talking about so you're talking about smoking, and I just wonder if you could say more about that. Like, is is the problem with with smoking uh, that like or the health risk in smoking is it the the act of ingesting that in inhaling that smoke, or is it uh, like is that sort of inherently a health risk, or what? What are, I guess the question is, what are the health risks of smoking marijuana compared to other substances, either tobacco yeah. or other controlled substances yeah, or harder so, stuff. So super question and and there's uh the uh it's important to realize that there is uh health risks 
with the active ingredient tetrahydrocarbonyl, a THC, irregardless of the way it's been ingested. So if it's eaten, if it's a mucosal product, it's you know like a lollipop they have these, there are even suppositories that exist, or or if it's uh, smoked. Uh, and so the there there is uh, health concerns with the active ingredient tetrahydrocarbonyl, and in particular, I would I would emphasize the concerns around these designer drugs, so-called these uh, synthetic uh, carbonoids, uh, as we refer to them as. Some examples being um, spice or K2. These substances are highly potent uh, substances, and they act slightly differently than the than the more natural occurring. Uh, uh, marijuana that contains the tetrahydrocarbonyl in that they they can bind on uh, certain receptors uh, and not 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 in in the same fashion that the tetrahydrocarbonyl can as a partial call a partial agonist but as a full agonist and they can have much more potent effects even hundreds times more potent than than the uh, than the marijuana of, of, of old so uh, my concern is that with with the THC and you know and and the designer drug regardless of, of the way one would consume it but then secondly um, there is an issue with the uh, uh, smoke with the inhalation itself so there is uh, problems when 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 one smokes marijuana versus taking it in any other fashion so there's there's no filter on on, on the uh, uh, on the joint mm-hmm. although I must say the filters do very little uh, because if one wants to bypass the filter you just draw more deeply uh, but this is what happens with the marijuana and how it's, how it's generally smoked is that there's a, a, dr- a deep inhale. And so there's a, a deep exposure, if you like, then to the, uh, to the toxins, which um, they're much higher exposure uh, from, from a plumbing standpoint uh, and from, tobacco, for, from marijuana than tobacco. So there's increased tar and uh, an increased effect on our uh, blood protein hemoglobin called causing carboxyhemoglobin, which is not something we want. So smokers will have an elevated carboxyhemoglobin level because of their smoking um, habit. The, the smoking marijuana increases it many times higher than, than even, even tobacco smoke. So there are particular lung effects then that happen, and as, as a result, those have certain um, ripple or ramifications on, on the whole cardiovascular system. So uh, if someone was going to take marijuana, I would encourage them to avoid the inhalational components and, and go with more of the, the uh, edible form or, or topical forms, although they have their own troubles. In the edible form, the problem there is that uh, one takes uh, whatever uh, uh, product it is from you know, a gummy bear-styled uh, edible uh, marijuana to... Uh, to others, and uh, nothing happens. Nothing happens right away. There's a delay, and, and so the concern is, or the problem has been, is that people then take more. They think, well, I just need to have more of this stuff. They're not getting any any effect, any high. And uh, of course, because it's being ingested, it has to be absorbed to the intestinal system, and this takes time. Uh, and and the time it takes then can be uh, people aren't necessarily patient for that. And the effect then can be accumulative effects. They can actually take too much and run into real troubles that way. So I'm not trying to promote uh, edible uh, uh, tetrahydrocarbonyl, but I'm just saying it, it, there is actual concerns with the pulmonary aspect. 
Right. In terms of the cardiovascular effects, they are they're uh, widespread, and we're just learning about them. But beyond that, um, is the whole traffic safety thing, you know. And this is a concern I have driving on Edmonton roads. We already have our distracted driving problems, mm. and uh, there's, there's always the the background of of uh, impaired driving from alcohol, and now we we superimpose, you know, the um, uh, marijuana possibilities and and it, the effects of tetrahydrocarbonol, which is very real on cognition and, and uh, on, on impairment. And so uh, this is uh, another another concern. And then uh, in addition to those, uh, there are effects on, on other uh, drugs that we, that we have patients on. They, they can affect those, those drug levels, for example, and add to the sedative effects of, of uh, stating medicines and, uh, and there's the addiction potential too. So the, the list of, of, of harm is, is, is long and I think we, we have to be cautious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, as you're as you're explaining this, as a layman, sort of a, a few things uh, come to mind, and I, it it sounds like what what you just uh, concluded with there that uh, that this uh, this sort of meddling with the uh, with the cannabis and the THC is is producing like a more concentrated form of uh, of the drug. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, so looking over time, over the past uh, number of decades, uh, the, um, the the concentration of tetrahydrocarbonol in the uh, cannabis plant has gone up. And so the, the plants are being bred for mm. that in particular. And so the, the actual concentration, the amount of the active ingredient THC has increased. But... Um, Head and shoulders above that is what I mentioned in terms of the the designer drugs. Mm-hmm. They're they're mm-hmm. uh, in their own class then in terms of potency. But then then aside, we have seen a, an increase in in the concentration of active ingredient over the last number of decades. And so now we have a much more potent uh, drug. Uh, you know, if if a, a, an aging boomer wants to you know pick up a, a, some marijuana and try it and have memories of of Woodstock, uh, right. you'll be quite surprised uh, yeah, when, when they yeah. when they smoke it and they realize, oh my gosh, that's not what I remember when Jimi <laughs> Hendrix was playing. You know, this is uh, I was just hungry back then, and now I'm done. You know, so yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a different animal. Yeah, absolutely. And it uh, like as somebody, and I I can uh, I guess admit to you uh, that uh, every now and then I I enjoy a cigar or a uh, a pull on a pipe. But uh, the uh, the the act of of smoking like is a is a leisure act. It's something that you do for for enjoyment. And I know that uh, you know mar- marijuana is not not entirely the same. You do want you do smoke it because you want the effect and the high. Uh, but it's the same like when you smoke it. There's there's a flavor. There's an experience. There's a uh, uh, yeah, I, I guess an experience is probably the best way. Talking about Jimi Hendrix uh, to to describe it, um, but uh, it seems to me as I read about edibles and even about things like like brownies and people who are people are describing that oh no, you, like you wouldn't eat a whole brownie. You'll just eat like this like nickel sized piece and take a brownie and like divide it out over two weeks. It uh, it just seems like from a from an enjoyment kind of perspective, from a 
from a recreational perspective, as we're talking about recreational marijuana, like where's the, where's the recreational factor in that? It just seem it just seems kind of, I, I don't, I don't think that I would enjoy that if I were somebody who was given to smoking. Right. Right. And the, uh, the concern is though, of course, that, uh, uh, the youth will want to experience this and, and, and will be, uh, will be uh, excited about trying this, even though there may be age limits in terms of who can, who can purchase. There's always, there's always been the, the uh, marijuana subculture and, and alcohol subculture for that being said uh, for younger people to experience mm-hmm. these things. And, and the concerns uh, around uh, even small exposures then for, for, uh, people, young people, teens, children, is the addiction potential. And so there is a, there's a, a known entity we call it the marijuana use disorder, marijuana use disorder, and uh, it's happening about a third of people, you know, they, they become addicted. And the, the people who are most prone to, to addiction for uh, marijuana are the, youth, are the younger people, so those under 18, uh, many times higher risk. And so the this is my concern: is that uh, mm. it's legal now, it's good. Everyone's talking about the health benefits. Uh, let's get a hold of some and try it. You know, says the team, and right. then then begins the the whole uh, concern of, of of addiction. And what is uh, there, this has been like an on ongoing dispute in popular culture that uh, mar- oh, marijuana is a gateway drug, or marijuana is not even a drug, and now we're, like we're is uh, I. Is is this is is marijuana addiction a uh, a gateway to harder drugs or to a lifestyle of uh, of drug abuse? Well, I, I know that that has been uh, talked about quite a bit, and certainly, you know, uh, uh, back in the you know the prohibition eras of the of the 1930s, for example, um, the uh, there was a, a very strong uh, uh, advocate against any marijuana uh, use and, and uh, proponent of prohibition. Harry Anslinger was mm. the commissioner for the Federal Bureau of Narcotics back then, and he, you know, made some uh, exaggerated claims about the dangers of, of marijuana. I think. Right, and you know, like liking it to homicidal mania and and all the other troubles, the most dangerous drug on the planet, and and. Uh, you'll turn into a killer or whatever. And, you know, this, this was exaggerated and, and it created a certain uh, fear and, uh, and, but it was certainly very effective on a certain level to reduce uh, interest in, in, in the drug, but um, created a, a, some, some, you know, uh, I, I think it was unfair on, on a, as well. Uh, I think there are some legitimate concerns though, that being said around, uh, the potential for a gateway and, and entrance to other narcotics, but um, and often what, we'll, what we do see is that people who come into the emergency room, for example, with trouble, mm-hmm. uh, it's just not just one drug exposure they've had; they've had numerous. Uh, so, for example, we want to try and study marijuana use and, and heart heart attack, which which we are doing. We're seeing a rise in, in heart attack in young people because of the marijuana use, but they often will. Not always, but often we'll have cocaine exposure too, which makes it more, much more complicated to study this because we already know that cocaine has a higher risk for cardiovascular effects and heart attack and the like in young people. So um, there, there's a mixed use of, of drug out there. So when you're into one 
you know, there's, there, there's exposure to or potential exposure to others. It's part of the culture. And uh, so my concern is that, you know, they wouldn't just be restricted to the, the one drug alone, even though I have concerns with that single drug too. Uh, the the, the uh, added concern is that we add in other things to it. So that that's that's part of the problem. But I think you know some of the some of the uh, concerns have been have been exaggerated, and that that is too bad. And that has I think fostered a the, the pendulum swing in, in the opposite direction. That actually no, it's healthy, it's good. Let's let's all do it kind of idea, which is is uh, uh, really really quite sad and and not founded. Right. Yeah. For sure. Um, so Ted, if uh, if I can p- so I pivot just a little bit here. Um, if there, if there was ever any doubt about your medical credentials, that's been uh, shattered. But uh, you're, we've also talked before about how, in like in your practice, your your driving goal is to to show the the love of Jesus to to the people that you uh, you minister to in in the clinic in the hospital. Um, so if uh, I just wanted to uh, to get your take on. A scriptural take, a scriptural perspective on like, the use of, of potent substances and drugs, um, a, uh, a wise Christian um, perspective on this, uh, this whole issue. Yeah, well, the, um, I, I guess, you know, we look in, in scripture, we, we, don't, we don't find uh, an embrace of intoxication uh, Aside from just being intoxicated about the presence of the Lord, you know, and, and the uh, uh, metaphorically, you know, so the uh, there's certainly a, an encouragement to avoid uh, such substances that would cause intoxication. I mean, we look at, for example, uh, alcohol. Although alcohol is used, uh, you know, even to celebrate the Passover, of course, uh, yeah. it's it's not encouraged to abuse it, and the idea of being a drunkard. Is, uh, Paul mentions in, in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 6, uh, and, and includes drunkards with, you know, thieves and the greedy and the slanderers and the swindlers, and they will not inherit the kingdom of God. So we, we would, uh, I would liken, uh, you know, as as the uh, the, the uh, police slogan for traffic safety we have here in, in Edmonton, uh, drunk or high, between rules apply. Uh, to help remind people not to smoke marijuana and drive, these same rules apply. Then, when we look at scripture, I, I think if your your intoxication is from alcohol or if it's from smoking marijuana, that that also would, the same rule would apply. One would not then expect to inherit the kingdom of God in, in with that kind of behavior, that kind of uh, focus and, and and the like. So, I, I would like I would I would bring them under the same category as any. Of the uh, intoxicating substances, including alcohol. Mm-hmm. The um, the other side, of course, is the the whole addiction part that I was mentioning, and and certainly um, which is real, and certainly the uh, you know God doesn't want us to be dependent on anything but Himself, you know. Yeah, and, of course. And the, uh, the the self reliant, leading to self medication, leading to to uh, addiction and, and bondage that comes through that, the, the oppression that comes through that. I mean, I, I'm just thinking of when Jesus started his ministry in, in Luke, for example, you know, being given the, the scroll from Isaiah 61, and he, and he read 
that the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Uh, and he went on to say, he's, he's sent me to, to uh, not only bind the brokenhearted, but to proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners. It was a big part of of, uh, of being born again, of, being, of, of his ministry, is, is to try to release us from our, our bondages that we have, of which uh, addiction to a, a drug would, would be um, just a prime example. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, you know, this is, this is something that, you know, God wants us to be free of that, of those things, to be liberated. Uh, you know, Paul mentions in Romans uh, the hope that creation itself will be liberated from its bondage of decay and brought into the freedom of glory as children of God. And so that this is a hope that God has for us, that we would be free. And when we're free, uh, you know, we, we, we'd be free indeed, you know, as, as he went on to say, as, as John says in his gospel. So I think, uh, uh, you know, as a, as a follower of Christ, uh, being intoxicated uh, and being addicted, you know, are, are, are really... Uh, uh, counter to to our our faith and our belief and and and, and a faith walk. That's helpful, Ted. Thanks a lot. I uh, want to be respectful of your time, but uh, before before I let you go, um, are, are there any uh, any reading or viewing or uh, further information that you could recommend to uh, to listeners? Yeah, that's a good that's a good uh, uh, thought. Well, there's certainly lots of bad information sure <laughs> out there, you know, and that that is a uh, that is a concern. Um, you know, and there, there hasn't been a lot of information that I've, I've seen uh, from, from in terms of government websites. I think there's been a bit of a positive there from what, what I've seen uh, in terms of some of the concerns. So I have to give that some thought in terms of where to direct people for, for further information uh, because although the Internet is a tremendous source, uh, it, it can be both good and bad, you know, so one has to be one has to be careful. That's right. Um, medical sites, though, I, I suppose would be would be where I'd, I'd kind of more more focus on. Um, I know the Mayo Clinic, for example, has some excellent sites and and, and others, uh, but nothing really comes to mind necessarily in terms of a good a good resource for for people. But I have to give that some thought. Thanks for asking that. I'll, I'll look into that. No, I appreciate it. Uh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's still too soon like all, all the studies haven't come well, that, back that's yet that's part of it i mean we're, we're it's, it's being looked at and, and certainly i think time will will certainly uh, tell and, and will be that will be a certain judge you know and show that i and i, I suspect that legalization in october of 2018 was a was a bad idea you know on, on certain levels mm-hmm mm-hmm well, Ted, I really appreciate your uh, your time, your care, and the uh, the expertise that you bring to this subject. It's uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Well, it's a real pleasure to be asked, uh, Ryan, and to chat with you as well. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast for Cultural Reformation, brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please take a moment to like, share, and rate the podcast on social media and your favorite listening platform. For more resources, please visit www.ezrainstitute.ca.